Hi, everyone, and welcome to Episode 7 of the Movie Multiverse Podcast. I'm your host, Gabriel Scherzi, joined as always by my co-host, Stephen Verville. How are you today, Stephen? I'm doing phenomenal, Gab. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You uh, you happy that the whole uh, Saints QB situation has been dealt with? Such a relief, honestly. Like the last two seasons have been like hell. I know it's like only been two seasons, but it's like I, I feel like realizing now, like after this two seasons, I feel bad for like teams like the Jets. <laughs> like they never have a quarterback. It must be awful. Like I would have had like up. fifteen good years. A right? breeze, yeah, exactly. That's why. So it's like two years was was my breaking point. So <laughs> imagine no, those other teams. Yeah, no, it's like some teams have just been like. Like the Washington Commanders, how many years have they been <laughs> trying to find a freaking quarterback? Yeah, like if RG3 would have worked out, which he should have, but obviously his health didn't allow it. But like, yeah, they're like, they've been doing it for 13 plus years. Like the Panthers had Cam Newton for a few years, but they've been kind of in purgatory too. Like it, it's tough to find your quarterback in the NFL. No, and like you just look at teams like New England and uh, even the Packers, right? They went from Brett... Uh, Brett Favre to freaking right to, to Rogers right immediately, and if exactly, and if they if they hit it again with uh, uh, Jordan Love, which uh, I mean, there's still question marks there, but he's never played really. But yeah, he was first round pick, so there's hope. Yeah, yeah. Let's see how that goes. Yeah, exactly. God. If Rogers doesn't come back, yeah, no. It sounds like well, I I heard a rumor that it was like. He's either retiring or or he's a jet or he's a jet. Yeah, yeah. So. But we never know with him, man. He's a diva. He likes to stay in the media. I wouldn't be shocked if it's just like, oh, you know what? In a turn of events, he is staying in Green Bay, and that's the unfortunate thing with this type of situation is that's he has all the power, right? He can do whatever he wants. Yeah, and it's also like, <laughs> so does he? Does he not want his? What is he? What is he Billy? owed? Like sixty millions? Sixty million, yeah. Yeah, like does he? He is the type of guy though that would turn that down and be like, "I'll just retire." Like he is that type of person. He's just odd. I guess so. He was an anti vaxxer right? So yeah, and yeah. he's just—he's such a hippie. Like, uh, not judging him. It's just like he is the type of guy. that's like, you know what? I don't need sixty million. I'd rather be retired. Like, not many people would do that, but he would because he's just very unique. Fair enough. Fair enough. What else have you been up to there this past week? Watch anything interesting? Uh, I just started the Bad Batch. I'm only one episode in, but I'm I'm planning on doing one episode a day until we're caught, fully caught up. And man, okay, up the bat, they went to Serrano, which is awesome because it's uh, you, you've watched it, right? The season, the uh, season up to now. Yes, I'm up to date. And to be quite honest with you, I don't remember the first episode. <laughs> it's uh, they're going to get uh, the heist on Count Dooku's castle on Serrano, and they're getting... oh yes, yes, it was a two parter. Wow, you, yeah, you, I never you didn't watch. One. You didn't watch the second one. Okay, not yet. One a day. So okay. yeah, I started that yesterday, and man, like I fucking love the Bad Batch. <laughs> no, it's it's just a really solid show. Like I just I, I love my clones. I've always loved my clones, and having this group of like unique clones doing these adventures together, and they're always in every episode. It's there, the, the focus. Yeah. It's awesome. Love it. Just just a bunch of oddballs. It is. They're very much oddballs. I love it. Absolutely, and uh, like in a way, they've sort of become a family, right? So they really have. Like they feel like more than just like soldiers working together like they feel like brothers like genuinely brothers like i know the clones always do but like they like really do and it's because they don't look alike that makes it feel even more like they're just a regular dysfunctional family yeah fair enough no like if you have uh what was the uh like in the clone wars they all kind of look the same right there there are yeah. some differences Oops, here or here. there the hair 
but like for the most part, they're all look they're the close. same. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, that's good. I'm glad. Uh, do keep us updated on how that's yeah. going. I plan on finishing it hopefully before it ends so I could like watch the finale at the same time as everybody else. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's in episode 12 just aired. So I'm assuming four weeks. Oh, plenty of time. If yeah. I do want to, I'll be there in no time. Oh, yeah. He'll be there uh, by the time uh, we record our next episode, probably. <laughs> All right. Shall we get into the news for the week? Yes. I actually did not really follow much of the news this week. So a lot of this will quite literally be news. All right. <laughs> Good, good. Um, point number one, we have Hannah Waddingham uh, has been cast in Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 2. Now, are you a Mission Impossible fan? I'm not. Is this a TV show? Like, I know Mission Impossibles are usually movies, but I've never Yeah, these are, no, these are, uh, it's like part, it's like the ninth movie? No, the eighth. Wow, okay. Yeah. Dead Reckoning Part 1 is coming out this year. Oh, that's why I've never heard of it. I thought it was already yes. out. No. So, um, so yeah. Uh, Hannah Wan- Hannah Waddingham, sorry, is a very good actress. She's in Pit Lasso, so oh, uh, yeah, I don't know her. Yeah, so, anyways, I I really ha- I haven't seen any of these movies either, but like, I'm Tom, sure they're good. It's Tom Cruise, so yeah, Tom, Tom Cruise makes good movies. So absolutely. Uh, next point, I really wasn't sure if you were uh, a Beetlejuice person either. So, um, <laughs> Jenna Ortega in talks to uh, star in Beetlejuice two with Tim Burton set to direct. So. Nice. Uh, she's become like an internet sensation. Oh, I know. That's that's one thing I kind of wanted to talk about <laughs> when I wrote this on here. It's like, dude, she's like in everything, everywhere. It's it's almost a little obnoxious. It's like she's like, it's like I didn't even watch Wednesday, and I probably never will. And it's like I'm not gonna judge her because she might be an amazing actress, but like, yes. I'm sick of seeing her. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> well, she she hosted uh, Saturday Night Live. Last I did night. see that one, yes, and uh, it, it was intri- intriguing from what I've seen. But yeah, I don't know her, so for me, it's like okay, well, we'll see, I guess. Yeah. Well, she got really big because of Wednesday. That's why. Yes. Yeah. Uh, have you seen Beetlejuice uh, ever in your life? No, no. I just, I just honestly, I put it on here because of Jen Ortega. So. Oh, one hundred percent. That's not my. <laughs> Um, next point, something you would excite you, uh, Batman two to start filming in November. Obviously, it doesn't won't release till twenty twenty five, but no, well that's good. Giving them plenty of time to uh, to edit and film, and if they need to do reshoots and stuff, absolutely, absolutely. I'm dying to see that movie. <laughs> <laughs> as am I. As am I. Which would shock you, considering how long it took me to watch it. All year, it was like it was like your finale of the year. You're like, I gotta watch Batman now. Years old. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, next we have Shrinking with uh, Jason Siegel, Harrison Ford, and Jessica Williams uh, has been renewed for a second season. So this is the show I was telling you about there yeah. last last week. Yeah, last week. Yeah. Wow. So really exciting because good, it's yeah. it's been a really good show. So. Um, next we have Barry season four to begin airing on April 16th and they've officially announced that it's going to be the final season. Every show you're watching is ending. I know. Like every single show you're watching. <laughs> it's, it's literally <laughs> the end of an era. It's, it's crazy though, but like, like you know, one trend we've been seeing cast is these shows are ending, but early enough to where they don't feel like it's oh it's about time you know what i mean like they're not outstaying their welcome i think producers are starting to realize that like you shouldn't make these 15 season shows anymore 
give us five seasons and you know say goodbye while it's still you know it's still prominent especially the drama shows right like the the really dramatic shows um i don't feel like you need more than four or five seasons for most of them um and it's honestly like when you like i'm trying to think back like sopranos i believe was a really long one if i'm not mistaken right uh yeah, I, that's not something I'm really familiar with. I do know there's a lot to it. Yeah, I think it was like, like eight or nine seasons or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I'm not sure on that one, but yeah, probably, I think it was a little longer. Yeah. Uh, but like, I, I think back to like shows like Breaking Bad as well. It's like, okay, that was like five seasons. And, you know, that's perfect. they, they stuck perfect. to like their story. It's like, okay, let's just end it on our note and be done with it. So. No, and it's perfect that way. Absolutely, and uh, we'll see if uh, Bill Hader becomes uh, Mister Fantastic or not. Hey, I would I wouldn't mind that. He's just a terrific actor. <laughs> uh, speaking of shows ending, um, Ted Lasso no. season three apparently to be the end of this specific story they wanted to tell per uh, Jason Sudeikis. So, so last season or season four is going to be a new start to something. Like season three is the final, like it's the finale. I really don't know to be honest, because they did very open ended there. That could be yeah. no, literally, because they didn't really confirm it's the end, but they didn't say it's not. <laughs> so it could mean like a spinoff. They could do it. They could end it if they want to. They could spin yeah. off. They could go with season four with the story. They have options here. So. Exactly, and the show is called Ted Lasso, right? So if they if they make it on or based around another character. It would probably and be our spinoff. Then it would probably be a spinoff called something else, right? Mm-hmm. So Led Tasso. It's Led <laughs> Led Tasso. It's you evil. <laughs> Dude. You'll laugh, but there's actually a scene in the show where they say it's a time to bring that guy out, and they say it's time for Led Tasso. <laughs> and no. it's it's the coach being a complete dick. Oh my god, that is. <laughs> I so, guess I'm just, I'm just, I'm like almost like omnipotent at this point. Like, how did I know that? Yeah, you sure you haven't seen it? I, I haven't. Maybe I've, I'm sleep watching. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> um, next point, we have some Star Wars movie news. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Patty Jenkins, uh, Rogue Squadron, Rogue Squadron. Sorry. And uh, Kevin Feige's Star Wars movie have been shelved. Now, that that obviously doesn't mean they're never going to happen. It just means they're not happening soon. Productions basically, they just said production stopped. We might go back to it, might not. And a lot of times when they do this, they're probably going to like form it into another project. You know what I mean? Like the ideas that they wrote for it are probably going to be pushed into another project at the very least. That's so, quite possible. Yeah. I'm not too concerned. Like, I mean, it is what it is. No, and like to be honest with you, like, like nothing against Patty Jenkins. I actually really like the first Wonder Woman movie. Yeah, it was like, a good one. But the second one, I have not watched to this day because people just say it's terrible. Yeah, I'm almost scared to watch it. You know, and like, like apparently they were like they were like, uh, really not happy with the story for the third one that they like didn't they, let her continue. Yeah. So, um. I'm not as sad about this uh, as um, maybe Kevin Feige's one. I'm like, man, that would have been kind of cool, but uh, he could always come in some other time. Like when he yeah. 
not as busy. Like he's a little time. busy, right? Yeah, he might be. <laughs> and uh, next we have a uh, Taika Waititi Star Wars movie still being written, and he will likely star in it himself, but not, not the next one up. No, definitely not. We have. Ru- Sorry, go ahead. I was just about to say that would be really interesting. His his Star Wars because uh, he's got a very unique style of uh, cinematography. No, for sure, for sure, and he was really good. Uh, he directed the finale of the first season of Mandalorian, if I'm not mistaken. So, oh yeah, you're right, and that was a really good episode. Yes, and honestly, like like we've shit. Well, I've shit on um, uh, Thor: Love and Thunder, but um, he's a very good filmmaker. I agree. Just time to move on from the MCU. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Ryan Johnson still wants to make his trilogy, but he's obviously busy busy uh, working on Poker Face, uh, which just got renewed for season two, and uh, his uh, Benoit Black mystery uh, sequels, uh, that being the Knives Out stories. Yeah, uh, I don't know what their what their plan is with that. Like, if they're not even started production on them, like they might never happen. But if he still wants to do it, though, you know. It's up to whatever they feel like doing later on. Yeah, well, I, it may be like 10 years from now. That's what right? I mean. <laughs> this is something I'm not really like. He still wants to make them all. You, there's a difference between wanting and this isn't production. So it's like it's, this doesn't really affect us right now at all. No, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We'll, we'll see one day, though. And this is the movie that seems to be the next one in line, uh, at least right now. <laughs> see what happens, I guess. But uh, uh, Damon Lindelof, uh, Lindelof and Justin Britt Gibson are writing a script. Uh, Charmaine Obeid Shinoy, uh, director, uh, director of a couple of Miss Marvel episodes, is attached to direct. Um, most likely to be uh, the December 2025 release. Um, we'll likely know more after Star Wars Celebration. Yeah, that's what I figured. Star Wars Celebration is going to like change our whole outlook on the next couple of years of Star Wars. <laughs> Because it's like I feel like we've been no like we were in this period where it's like we we're waiting for uh, Kenobi, we were waiting for Andor, we were waiting for Amando three, we were waiting for Ahsoka. Well, we're in that period now, so we need to know what's next. And I just that's what I love about Star Wars Celebration. No, and it's I if I'm not mistaken, it's going to be a big one this year because I don't think they're having one next year. Oh, I did um, not. That's, so that's you're right then. Sure. So, so it's going to be the the last one for two years, and it's going to be in. Uh, uh, I know we were kind of we weren't sure last week, I believe, but I I believe it's going to be like in London or something. So, uh, pretty cool for fans uh, overseas to be able to see that up close. So, yeah, for sure. Uh, moving on to a Marvel news, uh, we have uh, Bob Iger comments on Marvel. Uh, he said, and I quote, and I may be paraphrasing, but I'll just say, and I quote. <laughs> It is a direct quote from you. (laughs) (laughs) Quoted, said by me. Um, Sequels typically work well for us, uh, but we need, do we need to do a third or fourth or is it time to turn to another character? What do you think about that? Uh, I think that's kind of, I think that's the point where we are kind of in the MCU, right? Like, I don't know if we need, you know, a, f- a fourth Thor, you know, like a a, a second Hulk or, or whatever. Like, do we want to maybe start making movies, like you said, of new characters? Like, or do we want to just keep making sequels? Because I don't know if like Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania is a good example, but maybe if they would have used something else in that slot, it might not have seen the depreciation at the box office as much as it has. But like, I, I don't know. Like, I'm not going to complain about sequels, but, you know, I, I think that's pretty fair. Uh, what do you think about that? 
Well, I think specifically talking about Ant Man, I think if it, if it would have been received better, then the box office would be doing much better. But like historically, the Ant Man movies were making five hundred to six hundred million dollars. Um, so it's not like it's no, no, it, definitely it's, not. It's going to but... be below that. So it is kind of you know a bit of a failure, a bit of a, a depreciation there. But in terms of like Thor. I agree, and then I, I, I think about Thor, the character, and I'm like, buddy here is supposed to be 15,000 years old. It's like, what do you... <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I agree. Like, it, it's, um, it's, it's, it's a tough situation. Is there two Thors in the comics? I really don't know. Not to my, like, not really to my knowledge, like, of, like, two different versions of, like, the son of Odin. But, okay, yeah. Like, I, they could do Beta Ray Bill as thor at some point like that's that's an option okay so maybe that's maybe that's the next uh you know i feel like you would need a thor 5 to do that which you know here we're talking about sequels yeah like are we gonna get there i don't i don't know uh there definitely there's definitely probably internal hope that they will do a fourth one Mm -hmm. based on the way that love and thunder ended but like that's just an example like i wasn't saying i don't want that i'm just saying like should they do a thor 4 or should we get a nova movie instead you know what I mean? Like, yeah, or we get a ghostwriter movie or like something like, but, or do we prefer sequels? Like it's really, I don't know. It depends what you, what people want. A lot of people like to live in the past though. Also speaking of that, where it's like, well, it was better when Captain America and Iron Man were there. So people I think would like to live with those old characters that they're, you know, comfortable with. So maybe mm-hmm. that's for the general masses. Maybe the sequels is the way to go. I, I don't know. But like in a world where actors age regularly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You can't. You you literally can't, right? It's it'd be different if it was animation, um, or young a young actor too. Like like for Spider Man, like Tom Holland could be Spider Man for 10, 15 more years. Yeah. So that that one's a little different. But like, yeah, you're right. For for actors like 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 a Mark Ruffalo, for example, like he's not going to be Hulk for the next twenty years. No, but just, I would assume maybe his story ends at the end of the next Avengers movie or something. I, I feel I like it's coming to a close too. Yeah, but uh, I mean, yeah. Hey, we'll see where they go with this. But yeah, exactly. uh, the fact that the this, yeah, the fact that the Disney CEO is talking about this, I'm sure that's something uh, they're talking internally at Marvel Wonderful. themselves. Yeah. And lastly, some Daredevil Born Again news. Um, so uh, it was announced that Sandrine Holt will star as Vanessa, uh, Vanessa Fisk. Um, so that's the first obvious uh, recast from the Netflix shows. Uh, any thoughts on that? Uh, I'm I'm fine with it. Like, I don't. I'm not really like one million percent familiar with this actress. Like, I've seen her before, but like, I'm chilling. Like, Vanessa as a character, like in the original Daredevil, didn't do much for me. Like, she was just kind of okay. there. Yeah, she pushed it forward for Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin. So, uh, you know, that's fair enough. Fair enough. Was... Fair enough. I don't really. Uh, for me, like, it's like. As you know, I haven't seen the Netflix show, so it's a must watch. By yeah, the way. I just I don't I don't think it's canon. I I'll never watch it. I don't care. It's yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> that's just my thoughts. You know, I'm not encouraging anyone not to watch it. I, <laughs> I just I just won't watch it myself. Um, Eldon Henson and Deborah Ann Wool will not return either, or likely not to return, as it was said in the uh, in the article I read. Yeah, um, the Eldon Hansen one bothers me a lot more than uh, the the uh, the replacement for Vanessa because he played Foggy Nelson, which is uh, Matt's best friend, and okay, they had perfect on screen chemistry and like 
I loved that character. So I'm like actually a little bummed about that one. I think that's kind of a bad choice. I, j- I would bring him back. Uh, as for Deborah, uh, Deborah and Wool, uh, she played uh, Karen Page, which was his girlfriend slash one of his best friends. I would bring her back too. I don't know why they they would recast those characters personally. Like if you're going to bring in Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin and Charlie Cox as Daredevil, you might as well bring in those those star characters from uh, the Netflix show as well. Yeah, Throw in your bringing back the important ones, Stephen. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> the ones that the ones that I'm are. So in, sorry, I'm so in, sorry. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's okay. I'm just gonna start crying. Shots fired. <laughs> yeah, the Foggy Nelson fans are a little upset with you right now. Yeah, no, I've pissed off all eight of them. <laughs> Nine. <laughs> um, next we have uh, Alakra Quox, uh, apparently set to return as Echo. I don't think this is shocking at all, considering it was her show. Gonna... Yeah, her show is setting up uh, this uh, Daredevil: Born Again. So. Not shocking, not shocking. And they announced the uh, the director of the pilot episode, which is going to be Michael Cuesto from... Uh, he apparently did the pilot for Dexter, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, so, so familiar with pilot episodes and their need to set the tone for the rest of the show. For sure. No, that's a probably good one. Yes. And uh, lastly, something that uh, I believe has got you quite excited. Um, John Bernthal ret- returning as Frank Castle, a.k.a. The Punisher. The goat. I was so happy when I read that. That was one piece of news I did see, and I like, wow, they that would they made the right choice. It would have been a mistake to recast them. Yeah, like I said, you 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 bring back the important ones and you recast around. Yeah, and no, exactly, and it's the. I think people like John Berthold as Punisher more than Charlie Cox as Daredevil. That's how much I think people love him. I would have been fuming if they recasted him. So I'm I'm very 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 happy. Really. Yeah, that show is amazing too, by the way. Punisher season one and season two, phenomenal. And he's also yeah. in Daredevil season two. So Okay. Yeah, I've heard good you're things about him. it. No, you're going to watch him. No, I'm not. And... <laughs> Dude, Daredevil Born Again is already going to be 18 episodes. I don't I don't have time for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> we need sleep, right? Yeah, no, I do. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> All right. Any Anything else to comment on this stuff? No, just, uh, you know... I love getting MCU and Star Wars news weekly because that means that they uh, their companies are working hard. Their company, rather, because they're both Disney. Yeah, it's uh, been kind of steady, eh? It's so steady. Like, every week there's something, and it's always something interesting. Like, it's never just, like, something simple. Like, oh, you know, Paul Rudd slipped on set. You know, it's not something stupid. It's, <laughs> Jesus. It's, <laughs> it's exciting, though. It's like, yeah, John Berthold is going to be in the MCU. Like, fuck yeah. Like, sign me up. <laughs> That's good. That's good. All right, then let's... Uh... We'll take a quick break, and then when we return, uh, we'll be back with our review of Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 2. And we are back with our review of The Mandalorian, Chapter 18, The Minds of Mandalore. Are you ready, Stephen? I am so ready. This episode was phenomenal glad you enjoyed it so let me read the synopsis to get us started the mandalorian and grogu explore the ruins of a destroyed planet not as vague as last week but it's no still pretty vague <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's very vague which i kind of appreciate in a way because i do too it doesn't spoil anything exactly. really because sometimes exactly. that you read it by accident it'll be like oh no this person dies. It's like, why would you put that in the synopsis? <laughs> I, I speaking of which, I love it when like you see an article on Facebook or on Twitter, and it's like 
redacted dies in such and such, and then it's the picture of the person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All these these advertisements and these like comic book pages and stuff online, yeah, on like Facebook yeah. stuff do that all the time, and it's like, are you serious? Or they put the picture of somebody else, and it's like obviously not them, and it's like, well, you know, you start guessing, and then eventually you're just like, yeah, okay, well, I spoiled it for myself. Yeah, no, thanks for putting redacted. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> brutal. <laughs> all right, let's uh, read through quickly or slowly. How uh, uh, the main point of the episode. So uh, this later, this latest chapter begins with a quick stop in Mos Eisley on Tatooine, where we see some fireworks going off for uh, Bunta Eve. I meant to Google it, but do you know what Bunta Eve is? A celebration of some sort. I had heard of it before. Uh, I don't remember which movie it was mentioned. It was mentioned at some point, though. And I, from what I've gathered, it's just a celebration on Tatooine. So yeah, yeah. I think it has something to do with the huts or something. The huts ascension or something like that for sure. But no it was idea. it was cool to see on screen though. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so we cut to Peli ripping off a customer <laughs> with the help of some Jawas, um, who uh, she has apparently slept with before. <laughs> yeah. TMI. TMI. Um, Mando and Grogu then arrive. Uh, to find a memory circuit to repair IG-11. Uh, but uh, after asking her Jawa sources, uh, they say that they can't find one. And <laughs> good luck finding one in these times, essentially. Yeah, it, uh, it didn't surprise me that's the route they went because IG-11 getting built back might have taken a few episodes. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and before they leave to, I guess, go find the, uh, another memory circuit anywhere else, uh, Peli persuades them to buy uh, her R5 astromech unit. Although R5-D4 is not certified for spelunking on Mandalore, and <laughs> although he vigorously shakes his head saying, no, I don't want to go, it's essentially, it's functional enough to analyze the planet's atmosphere. So uh, Mando ends up taking them. Yeah, and... Uh... Like, astromech droids are super useful, right? So it's like, I get it. I think he was, like you said, he was hoping for more of, like, a like a physical droid where he could actually do stuff. No, like literally. Astromechs are so limited, but, eh, he took them. Like, I feel like uh, Pele could talk you into buying anything. No, literally. She, she always convinces him to get something he doesn't want. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, God. Proper saleswoman. Yeah, no, exactly. She's, she's very good at what she does. Anyways, on their... As they as they leave and on their way to Mandalore, uh, Din talks about growing up on the moon Concordia and how he never actually visited the home world of his people. And then before their descent, Mando shows Grogu where the moon is, uh, Concordia that is, and where uh, Bo-Katan's world is, where they visited in relation to Mandalore. Pretty cool Mandalorian system. Yeah, it's nice when they break down the way the systems work and how close the planets are together. I thought it was kind of neat. Yeah, I feel like we don't get a lot of that, right? No, they don't explain the relation between different planets and like their sibling planets and how the systems work. Like sometimes they do, but this was a it was kind of a nice like slow down moment to help us understand the uh, the geography of the area. Or the Absolutely, absolutely, and yeah, and it, it's not like it took forever, right? It was a quick no, it's a nice, a scene. nice thirty second scene, yeah, and it it made sense. It wasn't just there to give us exposition it actually like added to the story which is good and important for later um 
<laughs> so they they travel to the planet's surface where everything uh, seems normal and quiet. He sends R5-D4 uh, to go grab some air samples. Uh, and then uh, him and Grogu are looking at him on the radar when he disappears. Mando says, don't worry, I'm sure he's fine. Goes looking for him and immediately gets attacked by some Alamite attackers. Uh, he fends them off and kills them using the Darksaber, which he's still struggling with mightily, and his various weapons. Pretty cool little fight. It was not bad. Uh, though I had never seen that alien species before uh, off the top of my head. So, And they have a really cool design, so I was actually kind of... I was actually like really intrigued by when they were like when they showed up. No, absolutely. I don't think we have seen them before. So, uh, pretty cool design, I guess. What, what I'm trying to think, like, what did they resemble? They were um, like, like uh, they almost were like Wookiee-like bodies with like bug-like ex- like features, like with like six eyes and yeah, okay. They look cool. Like, and th- this is two weeks in a row where they, in. Each episode, they've introduced us to a new alien, and they look awesome. Absolutely. Um, so once once he deals with them, he finds R5-D4 and returns to the ship, where after running tests of the air samples, R5 relieves, uh, reveals sorry that uh, uh, despite what Mando has heard for years, Mandalore's air is habitable, meaning the world is not cursed. Yeah, uh, which is what Bo was telling him, but he didn't want to believe her. Well, it's not that he didn't want to believe her. He was brainwashed to not believe her, basically. So no, for sure. No, it's nice to get. It's nice that he's gonna that like we're unfolding a little bit of this Mandalorian story because, like he said, he had never been there. So like this is really pushing him further into the uh, the Mandalorian roots. Yeah, and a little bit of hope. A little bit yeah, of hope. There is hope. So Mando and Grogu then travel to find the mines underneath the city, but our heroes encounter an enemy traveling inside. Uh, something that resembles a giant metal crab. This creature sports one big organic eye within all its machine machinery and tools, uh, tools, tubes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, it could leave its larger robotic shell uh, behind to walk around like, I guess, a cyber skeleton of some kind. And uh, this crab thing uh, catches Din by surprise and traps him inside a lovely rotisserie spinning thing. Um, <laughs> turning him into supper. Yes. And uh, tie some tubes to him to drain his liquids, I guess. Yeah, I don't know if it was like his blood. Like, I honestly have no idea. <laughs> yeah, it didn't seem like thick like blood. It seemed like he was like draining. Yeah, it was like yellow almost, kind yeah. of. Yeah. Right? It was a weird. Definitely, they didn't explain what that was, but yeah, I guess. Like, uh, who no. knows what that was? Yeah, exactly. Um, so the danger leads Grogu to leave his pod behind and take a closer look. And when he sees the extent of his buddy's trouble after trying to save him, like he, he used the force a little bit, right? And it didn't really do anything except alert that freaking skeleton uh, creature that someone else was there. Mando tells him to go find Bo-Katan. So he hops back in his pod, speeds away, ears flapping, absolutely <laughs> adorable until he gets to the end one. Uh, he forces uh, an Alamite out of his way using the force. So that's a pretty cool little, uh, I guess, progression of his uh, force using ability. And he has R5-D4 fly him back to Kalavala to alert Bo-Katan of what's happened. 
Anything to comment there? I just find it really neat how, like, like you said, there's like strong development in Grogu's character where he can actually use the Force like pretty much willingly now, and he actually seems like quite powerful too. Like his <laughs> his Force push on that uh, on that on that Alamite was quite powerful for a literal infant. <laughs> No, he, he he yeeted him away. <laughs> Literally, he, that that dude was not feeling good after that. But no, like I, there was also like a lot of like uh, stress in the sequence, right? Because it's like Grogu is not like the fastest, right? So uh, there was a little bit of worry there that he was going to get caught, but it worked out well. Yeah, no, it was good. I agree. I agree. Um, so after a little bit of hesitation, she obviously agrees to join the rescue party. They take her ship. Um, and then we begin our second descent and a second mini monologue from Bo-Katan's point of view this time. Um, so Grogu leads her back down to where Din is trapped. Uh, she tells him a bit of her own story, explaining that she's part of the family that once ruled, ruled Mandalore uh, before the Empire and militant sex uh, uh, like Din's wrecked everything. Pokatan represents, I guess, an alternative version of the Mandalorian life, right? To the one that uh, Din holds. And she even tells Grogu that she's been friends with Jedi and asks him uh, if how good he is with the Force. Yeah, that was a really charming scene. Like, she, she speaks so, like, so gently and softly with him. And it's nice to see that side of her rather than this 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 person who's got, you know, like... Her, her, her walls up and she's you know a little bit more aggressive uh with like the likes of mando so it, it was a nice scene and i also love that they were kind of like calling back to uh the clone wars with uh her, her knowing jedi and also like you said uh, her background in in royalty absolutely and i guess there's there's a bit of irony in that like din for all his devotion to the cause and everything in some ways knows less about what it means to be a mandalorian than bo katan does Oh, definitely. She was literally a princess raised within yeah, the heart of the, the planet. planet. Yeah. yeah. So definitely, like, that's why it's kind of funny, like, when he talks to her about the creed and, and you know, this is the way. She's probably like, all right, <laughs> I was born here, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. So after killing some Alamites and using the Darksaber, she's actually very good with the Darksaber, as we know, to destroy the creature that held Mando. She frees him. And... Um, essentially, like, he's just being stubborn. <laughs> and after seeing how dedicated and stubborn he is to that cause, uh, she just says, okay, I'll guide you down there. Why not? For old yeah. time's sake. <laughs> <laughs> what, what'll it hurt, right? Like, let's go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, when they arrive to the cave, uh, Bogotan somewhat sarcastically recites the uh, legend of the Mythosaur that dwelled within the Beskar Mines and was tamed by Mandalore the Great. Uh, Din then takes off his weapons and cape. Is it a cape? I don't really... I wrote yeah, cape, but... It's a cape. Like, yeah. It's a scarf, maybe? Like, it's a cape. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, and uh, he begins reciting his vows and walks into the waters. Uh, and uh, uh, towards the end of his reciting, uh, he plunges into the water where he gets yanked. He essentially gets yanked, right? I I couldn't tell, you know, at the end of the episode, I couldn't tell if the concept was he got pulled down or if, if he, the Beskar is so heavy, it made him sink. But oh. Because if you go later in the scene, there's no creature, like, actively, you know, moving. 
Okay, fair enough. So that's fair why enough. I was like, maybe he sunk. It just it, maybe it was like a drop off, and like the best car is so heavy that he couldn't stop himself and just dropped like insanely fast to the bottom. I don't know though. You, I thought he was yanked too on my initial viewing, but uh, people were mentioning that they think he might have just fucking dropped to the bottom like a rock. Yeah, that's possible because I, I didn't actually think about that. Good point. And then a shocked Bogotan jumps in and has to save him yet again. <laughs> um, she finds him at the bottom of the cavern or the whatever, uh, the lake. It's kind of a lake, I guess. Underground like, lake. Or underground lake, sorry. Yeah. And while pulling him back up, uh, they see the mythosaur. I got chills. chilling there. <laughs> and sick. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then they, so she, she pulls him out and then they're both kind of just staring like what the hell did i just see because perhaps neither of them actually know as much as they think end of episode two like i said what a phenomenal episode like this was they, they skipped the whole side quest side quest concept like i totally thought this episode was gonna just be him looking for a memory processor no me too ig11 i was like but then i read the title before i started the episode and it said minds of mendel i was like no way we're getting there in this episode right and we definitely did. Yeah, no, I quite appreciate that too. Like that's something that I think has been criticized of the Mandalorian. Like it's just oh, another quest, another quest, here quest, a quest, a quest to get to the overarching story. And in here, they're like, they spent five minutes looking for the memory board and said, ah, let's just grab this guy and go with him. Yeah, basically. And I'm glad they did that because like... It- it's already deep into the storyline that I thought it was going to get into in episode four, you know what I mean? Or four or five, like we're already getting there. So like, it's actually kind of like a nice surprise. No, for sure. I thought it was going to be like a half season thing. Genuinely. Like we're like maybe the mid season finale, we were going to get to this point, but I'm like, now I'm like genuinely like, this was a really good episode. Where the hell do we go from here? Like what happens next? (laughs) Because lots will happen, and like I see all these theories of of like how the mythosaur is gonna get tamed by by Bo or Din, and you know, yeah, that could happen, but like we don't really know. Like the rest of the season, we're kind of like in the dark now. Like we we have no clue how this is gonna affect anything. Because I thought the end goal was to get to where they are now. Yeah, so, so it's we got like six what episodes they... left of nothing that we could really know. Yeah, it's like what happens next? Fuck. And that's a good thing. That that is incredible marketing, and that's also incredibly smart writing. And that's what that's what's exciting. Like this was a good episode. Like very good, actually. Absolutely. Um, one thing I did see is like, what if, um, going back to like whether he got pulled in or he just dropped. Um, yeah. What if the Mythosaur pulled him down because he felt the true savior of Mandalore? That's that's a good one. Uh, the only reason I don't know if he it was the actual Mythosaur that pulled him. It looked almost like Bo woke it up to me. You know what I mean? Like when she shined the light on it and she saw his face, it like he opened his eye. Like I kinda thought maybe like he was or he was like sleeping or something because I feel like it would have attacked her sooner because she went from the top to the bottom pretty quick. I, I don't know, definitely like they didn't explain that properly. It could have been either or and like it looked like Din was like passed out or something at the bottom there. So I, <laughs> I have no clue what happened there, but the Mythosaur definitely could have been behind it. That's that was my initial thought. Okay, fair enough. Like fair your enough. theory, though. Fair enough. Oh, thank you. It's not mine. 
no, no. I, I like stole that. Stole. <laughs> yeah, no, I completely stole that. It's a good. Uh, yeah, that's what everybody's going to be talking about for the next few days, though. By the way, is like the savior. Who's the next Mandalore the Great? You know, how does the dark connect to you know the, who's going to tame the Mythosaur stuff like that? Like that's all we're going to be seeing until it happens. So <laughs> we're going to be seeing lots of theories. For sure. Um, do you think like this overarching story for this season might be them saving Mandalore? I that's my hope. I like I hope they make it they bring it back into prosperity. Like obviously the planet's made of the uh, like a crystal or whatever now, but they could yeah. like it's it's inhabitable air. You know, bringing back the concept of Mandalore the Great, you know, with the dark saber uh, potentially as well as a, you know, a tamed mythosaur. Like that could rally all the Mandalorians throughout the galaxy, right? And they could recreate their their community. Uh I think that would probably be a really good like main focus or main focal point of the story but we'll have to see because uh is it going to be Bo that's leading them or is it going to be din that's leading them i think it will be din to be honest with you i do too but he doesn't feel like a leader but that's also what character development is right so we'll see i don't know if bo katan would want that though like she she could have easily kept the, the, the dark saber that's one thing i noticed in this episode where she like basically just gave it back to him after using it it was like cool like, yeah, but she didn't. She didn't win it off him. No, right? no. But, so. but she she could have been host, like a bit hostile about it. But she saved him. She gave Dark Saber back. She's chilling. Like this is definitely a very interesting character. Like I'm so happy she came back this soon. I remember last week we talked about. Oh, we'll, we'll see her again later on. And I'm glad she's already back because this is a like I said, this is one of the more interesting characters. I agree. I agree. Do you think uh, that uh, Bo-Katan will uh, help train Din with a Dark Saber? She might. Um, the interesting thing about that is if you go back to the Rebels, Kanan's the one who is teaching uh, Sabine about it. I wonder if he'll seek the help of a Jedi to wield it better. That's one thing I thought of. Like, Obviously, it would be Ahsoka probably in this Ahsoka. scenario. Yeah. Like, I wonder if that's... Do you think, though... I'm going to kind of you know jump off of your question. Do you think that Bo would be willing to teach him? I think she would. You don't think she would be like, oh, I want to rule Mandalore. I want the saber. Why would I teach you? You don't think like, she would be almost like against that well she's like she's had so many chances <laughs> i know it's kind of <laughs> she's had so many chances to be just a complete dick about it and like so far she hasn't been no she's not like especially this season like she feels a lot more um like she she's looking past herself and looking more to the greater good of mandalore she's not like i want to rule mandalore she wants mandalore to be great again it's not about her ruling it's about mandalore itself um and one thing yes. that's I noticed in this episode and it's not it's because I did a little bit of research to be honest I never realized that she was only like 17 or 18 in the Clone Wars I didn't realize she was like a teenager at that point because she's very young looking even now obviously Katie Sackhoff was just in her 40s right yeah so so like that character like at a young age was part of Death Watch and you know that character at a young age you know wielded the Darksaber so you know it's just interesting I'm, I'm glad that they're doing more with her because she's becoming one of those characters like from the Clone Wars that it feels so important to Star Wars in general, even though she was kind of a side character in the cartoon. Mm-hmm. And she would have been like, uh, she would have been Ahsoka's age, right? Around the yeah. same age. It, yeah, and it didn't feel like that. Like, I thought she was in like, like the Duchess of Teens age, you know, like very similar age, like probably late 30s, early 40s. But no, she was she was young, like a, like a child. So that's you know, something they never really explained in the show. And uh, even the actress herself uh, mentioned that in an interview that people didn't realize how young she was. Hmm. No, fair enough. Yeah, I, I thought like you know, like especially when you're yeah, like you're playing someone who's like thirty and fifty or whatever, mm-hmm. you could literally 
like do that with makeup. Oh, I agree. You know For what sure. I mean? Like there could be an age difference there if you're doing like uh, time jumps or flashbacks or something like that. So, no, um, I it's not really something I thought about, but pretty cool to think. Yeah, now that you mentioned it, so no, absolutely. Um, anything else to add about this? Um, like I'm trying to think of really good moments because there's a lot of moments in this episode I really, really liked. Um, what were Boba and uh, Fennec doing? They were just drinking and enjoying the fireworks. I I would assume. Uh, it would have been cool if we would have seen them briefly. I actually kind of thought we were going to because I remember last week we were mentioning how like you might need a bigger ship and you know he might need some help. I thought maybe he was going to go talk to Boba in this one. Like when I saw Tatooine, that's the first thing I thought of. But then I realized <laughs> I was like he's probably actually going to go see uh, uh, Pilly to get uh, a new part. Yeah, I'm assuming it's something later in the in the in the season. Um, yeah. In terms of uh, needing Boba's help or anything like that, so they're definitely not going to stay on Mandalore the rest of the season. Like they're at some point they're going to have to leave. Like I, I don't think it's just going to be oh we're in the minds of Mandalore for the whole season. Well, but... there's no communication there, right? I think no. that's the first that's the first thing that Din had mentioned when they when they dropped down there. They said oh we're we're cut off from the world essentially. Basically, yeah. And it's like I have I quite literally could not even predict where we're going to go from here because is he not now redeemed? He's he swam in the the living waters, quote unquote. So. He's redeemed now, technically. Yeah, I think this is so exciting because, like you said, I we literally, like, I'm the same way. I have no idea where this shit's going to go. Like, even if they're planning on, you know, taming the Mythosaur, like, that's not going to take six episodes. So it's like, something's going to happen here. You know, are, are they going to face the Empire again? Because I, I, I'm fairly certain uh, that Giancarlo Esposito said that Moth Gideon will return at some point. Yeah, I'm assuming he'll have some sort of uh, story part in in this season but um i think it, it'll probably be a minor part or whatever he's in jail right now is he not he is they mentioned it in the first episode so it's like i, I don't know like obviously something's gonna happen like i think the armor is gonna be involved in some way shape or form um Bo may join uh, in on this pa- mission so- paz vizla uh, pa- yeah, Paz Vizsla is a good option to WLC. Like, we don't know, like, because we don't also don't really know if they're good guys or not. Like, the armor kind of rubs me the wrong way. Like, so I'm, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if she's supposed to be like a good guy who's just very, very, like, you know, very radical toward her creed, or if she's actually meant to be like, yeah, she is a bad guy and like Dan's being played. So, you know, we'll see. But like I said, like, I have quite literally, I cannot make a prediction on what happens next week because I have no idea which is very good very very good no it's, it's exciting it's exciting i i hate predictable shows and so to be in a situation like this where one of the shows i'm uh enjoying is is being completely unpredictable uh it makes me happy yeah did you see the um like theories on what that one-eyed creature was like i saw people were like that's darth maul i was like darth maul you think that one-eyed creature with the exoskeleton is Darth Maul? I was He's like, dead, bud. He has a red eye. Okay, that's definitely Darth Maul. It's like, what? People were saying pre-Vizsla, too, from the Clone Wars. I was like, guys, it can't just be a new alien. <laughs> like, people just want everything to be a cameo or everything to be, like, an Easter egg. No. That's one thing, again, I really liked about this episode. It wasn't relying on fan service. This was just a damn good episode. Yeah, no, that, that was actually Obi-Wan's eye. <laughs> yeah. well, it was Obi-Wan's eye, and the, the body parts were made from Grievous. <laughs> Like fuck, can it not just be an alien, man? Like it, it's a cool alien, and it was a cool alien. Like I was like kind of scared. I was like, "Well, this is creepy." Yeah, well, that it, it. I think like the mall comparison is literally just because of 
like horrific. when we re- when we see Maul for the first time again in the Clone Wars, that's, yeah, he that literally too. had spider legs. So that too. Um, I, like, I think that's why people were saying that, but it, like, it literally it makes no sense. Like he he died. Like he's dead. No, definitely. And it's why would he be a Mandalore? Like I, I know he was there for a while, but he died. He died on Tatooine. So it's like you're not gonna. He's not gonna be on Mandalore. But no, like I, I really like that. I, I another thing I really intri- I was intrigued by was how easily Bo did wield the, the dark saber. You had mentioned it earlier. Um, people were like a little upset with it. Like, oh, why is she so good with it? Well, she fucking had it forever. Yeah, exactly. She's trained, and she also wants it for its purpose. Din doesn't want it to rule. So, it, uh, Kanan explained it to Sabine in the Clone or in Rebels. Pardon me. That it like it's a it, it's an basically an extension of oneself. So it knows your feelings and you know your your purpose. Well, Din doesn't want to rule. Din so, doesn't want so to use Din is rejecting it. And that's it's why rejecting he can't. exactly. But yeah. Bo wants it. Bo wants to use it to unite. The, you know, unite Mandalore. She okay. so it's accepting of her, and that's why she uses it so well. And she's also let's be clear, way better trained in general than than Din. Like not even to like hate. Like she is like a, a radicalist Death Watch like warrior from like a young age. Like she's she's a badass. So like she should be a better fighter than him, in my opinion. Oh, I, I agree. I agree. Um, I think it makes total sense. I don't know. I don't know why people are fucking hating on that. It's stupid. It is stupid. It's because people want Mando to be the coolest thing ever. And it's like, yeah, he is he's fucking badass, but he's obviously he's still, you know, he's not perfect. And I don't know, I, I thought it was perfect the way they, they executed it. Like it, it was a, a challenge that Mando didn't know was going to be there. And uh, Bo didn't know either, but obviously she had a little more information. And like, it is it is her home after all. Like, she's aware of things that go on or have gone on there. So it made sense that she would have a little more ease. For sure, I agree. I have nothing else to add. Did you have anything else you wanted to no, uh, say really. about this episode? I'm just ready for next week. Like I said, I literally like I was gonna say, do you have any predictions? But like, we went over it. I have no idea what's happening. Yeah, no, I literally don't know, and I, I don't want to get into predictions. Uh, when just I can't. literally don't know because I feel like. It, it's we'll sound stupid. <laughs> yeah, and it's more exciting for me right now that that I literally don't know. Yeah, it's gonna be good. I'm excited for the next episode. Yeah. Um, this season's like it's shaping up to be the best one yet. If it goes the way that you know it keeps going this certain way, it's absolutely. Be- I can't wait to have the episode spoiled for me on Twitter before I get home from work. Yeah, that's the best part of the week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, so that brings us to the end of this episode of the Movie Multiverse Podcast. Uh, next week, Stephen and I will have our season three, episode three review of The Mandalorian. Uh, we will probably also get into the Oscars and uh, a little bit of that with the winners uh, as the ceremony is happening uh, as we speak. Um, and I might have a small review of The Last of Us season one as the finale is airing in an hour. So nice. I'm uh, looking forward to that. Yeah, so we'll we'll get into that um and more next week. Have a good week everyone. That'll do it for this episode of the Movie Multiverse podcast. If you like this episode, feel free to leave a 5-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. You can also follow us on Twitter at Movie Multipod. You can follow Steven at Your Uncle Steven. And you can follow me at Gab underscore Chartier. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.